Uh, the message tonight, you're going to be so blessed, you're going to be so inspired. Craig Butler is our newest pastor. He's our pastor of small groups and discipleship, and he's got a great word from God for all of us. You're going to enjoy that tonight, so we're going to pray for him as well while we pray over the offering. And then after the song, when he walks up, it's the first time he's ever spoken here at Victory. He's spoken many, many, many times before, but when he speaks here tonight, it's going to be the first time here. So I want you to make him feel welcome when he comes up a little while later. Amen. How's everyone doing tonight? Great. It's good to see your smiling face. Thank you. Thank you for that welcome. Thank you, Pastor Jeff, for uh, being so loving to see Really, thank you to the church for your uh, being so welcome to me and my family as we've moved to Lakeland. We love Lakeland. We love this church. And let me just say this. I uh, uh, just want to honor our pastor and Pastor Dan for the honor and opportunity just to come and speak to you tonight and just share with each other. Uh, how many are anticipating something in your life tonight? Let me see your hand. Amen. I think God is going to do something right here in this place. Really, he already has, right? With the Spirit of God moving, and I'm anxious to get into the Word. I will say this real quick, uh, and let me say this very clear. I have never, everybody say never, I have never played the lottery. And I will never play the lottery, but I'm telling you, I feel like we have won the church lottery. This is a great church. Amen? Can I hear you say amen about that tonight? This is a great church. Our pastors, the pastoral staff, I'm just very excited really about what God is doing. We're going to jump into the Word in just a moment, but I want you to finish this statement for me. When the going gets tough, the tough go shopping. You almost had it. I guess it really depends on the way that you look at it, but how many has ever had a difficult time in life at some point in your life? Really, all of us could say that. We've had a difficult time. I, I remember having um, a difficult time really just a couple weeks ago. And I, I wanted to share that my wife and I were planning on going to the beach in Clearwater, Florida, because, man, that would just be a great place. Uh, we actually spent our honeymoon there, I mean, many years ago. And so we thought, wouldn't that be awesome just to go down, spend the day, and I don't know if you, this has ever happened to you, but a few days earlier, we were at a shopping area, Target or something, and my wife said, hey, I, th I think the car's making a funny, funny noise. So I went out and I looked at the car, and, and sure enough, there's this funny noise, and I, I am not a mechanic. That is, I, God has not gifted me with mechanic skills, but you know, I can put air, put air in the tire, and occasionally I'll have someone go in and buy blinker fluid. That'll, you'll catch on here in just a second. But, and so I said, I don't know what, it's, what it really is. Checked all the fluids. Those were great. And then what happened is we began to do this. I, uh, Friday came, and it, it still was making that noise. He said, you think we're going to be able to make it? I said, well, the fluids are good. I think everything's going to be fine. And so I said, you know what? I think the, the only thing I think it might be is the alternator. So I, we had to drive by the bank. We drove by the bank. I said, I'm going to leave it running just in case, just in case, Something is wrong, and the battery will die, and, and we'll know something is wrong. So I go in the bank, I come back out, and before I'm back out, she sent a text to say, hey, car's going haywire, we don't know exactly what's going on. So we make it all the way, we're like, we've got to go back home. This is not going to work. We make it halfway back home, and in the middle of a major intersection, guess what happens? It dies. I mean, deader than a doornail, and I'm sitting there, it's hot, 
and I immediately began to sweat. You know what I'm saying? It's like, this can't be happening. But it is. And so, you, you know, you have to call roadside assistance, and, and we take it to Firestone. You're waiting there 45 minutes. You go there. And how many know that the pain of this? Um, almost $1,000 later, the car is great. Running top notch, but it sure hurts. Can I get an amen? What happens when you go through difficult times? And I'll say this, that's just a small, that, that may be very minute in what you're going through today, but listen to me, we all go through things in life. I want to take you to a scripture tonight found in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, and I want us to read that scripture tonight. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7, verses 7 through 10. And I want you to listen to it, and I hope it speaks to you volumes in your life as we walk through and unfold this night. And here's what it says. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. You know, as Paul is, is writing this letter to the Corinth church, he realizes he is writing to a group of people that want the blessing of God, but they're not necessarily living up to the expectations of what God says, but also what Paul is trying to inform them. And so he writes this letter because they're in the midst of some trials, some tribulations, some sufferings, and all that they're going through, and he's trying to encourage them even before he gets to Corinth. And so when he arrives there, you have to understand that Paul's story is much different than their story. If you remember with me, Paul was one of those guys who spent some time in prison. He was... Uh, received 195 stripes upon his back, and so he literally carried around the scars of his life. He was shipwrecked three different times, kind of like being on the Titanic and surviving three different times. He knew what it was to be naked and cold, to, to be hungry. He knew what it was to go through difficult situations. He also knew that even going through those difficult times when his own brothers would maybe turn against him and falsely speak against him, he knew what that was. And in the midst of all that he went through, you know what he said? I am struck down, but I am not destroyed. Why is that? I believe it's because of this, because of what was on the inside of Paul was the gospel. It was Jesus Christ. It was him working inside of his life. And because of that, guess what? He was able to make it through the difficult times in life. Now, wouldn't you want that same power in our lives as we walk through life because Jesus is that powerful? That gospel inside of us can work wonders. Six years after he writes this letter, guess what? He writes this in Philippians 3.14. He says, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. You see, that treasure, that gospel is inside of every one of us. We have that. And thank God that we have that power, that gospel inside of us. Because the vessel that we talk about tonight is you and I. 
The treasure that is inside the vessel that we're talking about is the gospel of Jesus Christ. How else might I explain this? I don't know about you, but when I was a kid, I always had that piggy bank. Anybody have a piggy bank? It was made out of porcelain, and I'm telling you this, don't drop the piggy bank because it's going to bust real easy. And so as a kid, you would take your change, you would take whatever you needed, you would drop it in the, the piggy bank, and you would have that, and you would be excited about that, and as that thing began to get full and full, man, great things would happen, wouldn't it? You would begin to dream of everything that you could do with all that change inside of you. And you know what? You had no idea that that probably wasn't a lot of money, but, but it was what was inside the vessel that was what was important. You see, earthen vessels were a common place in virtually every home in the ancient world. And everyone had that um, clay jar or whatever they had in their house, and they used it for different things. But those types of vessels were cheap, and they easily broke. And whenever they broke, they would just discard them. The Orientals were known for this. They would take those earthen vessels, put cash in it, hide things in it, and do all kinds of things with those vessels. But you know what? Once it was gone, it was gone. You couldn't repair it. You couldn't fix it. But what was important, what was, what was important is what was inside the vessel. Now listen to this. God has chosen earthen vessels just like you and I, not heavenly vessels, but heavenly vessels work that we do right here as men and women, even though that we are frail, that we are imperfect, that we are like just simple, weak people, God has chosen us to do his work. God has chosen you to do his work. We are vessels that are, are simply this, that we are filled up, that we are poured out, and that we are shaken just occasionally. It's the shaking that we don't like. Can I, say, can you, can I hear amen for that? Because it's the difficult things in life that we go through. We don't like to be shaken very much. Listen to what John Bevere says in The Bait of Satan. As sure as the seasons come and go, we can be certain that we will be and have experienced seasons of shaking in our lives. These are God-ordained times of testing designed to shake out every quality in our character that is contrary to the character of Christ. Satan means it for our destruction, but listen to this, God intends it for our construction. You see, the contents must change the vessel, not the vessel, the contents. What am I saying? I'm saying it's the gospel that is inside of us that changes who we are, not the outside changing us. It's the gospel. And if you allow the gospel, you allow the power of Jesus Christ working in your life, he will change so much. He will help us in time of need. Now, here's what I like about that, because if we all go through difficult times, if we all struggle at times, and we're going through situations that we don't understand, guess what? There is something inside of you, it is called the gospel of Jesus Christ, that is so powerful that it can change your life. It can help you through the difficult times in life. And there's even a scripture that says this, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Now, do you believe that tonight? I happen to believe that. I know that in difficult times, what do we do? We turn to the gospel. We turn to that thing that is inside of us. So Paul, when he writes this letter, he wants to show us that during crisis times in our life, in spite of our human weakness, what he is saying is, listen, I want to show you how the power of the gospel inside of you can change things, and you don't have to be crushed, but you can live a fulfilling life in me. Now, he's going to show us these four things, and I, here's where I need your help. I want you to say tonight, I believe. 
Oh, that was a little weak. <laughs> Say, I believe. I believe. There we go. I believe one more time. I believe stress will not defeat me. Oh, man, we, we got to work on this. We have three more points. You know that, don't you? And if we don't get through this, we may be here a long time. Stress will not defeat me. Oh, do you hear it? Sounds like a choir right now. Stress will not defeat me. Verse 8 says, we are hard-pressed on every side, but we are not crushed. What does that mean? That means if you study the word hard-pressed, it means that we are trouble, we are afflicted, and here's the word I like, we feel squeezed, oppressed. When you define stress, it literally means an adverse reaction people have to excessive pressure within their life. I don't know about you, but I have felt squeezed. I have felt troubled in my life. And what we do in response to that, and let me say this, I have not always responded good in situations where I have been squeezed. Anybody else want to admit to that? That's right. But we learn that through the power of the gospel that we can do things differently. I remember a time in my life, this has been several, several years ago, that I, I, I felt the overwhelming stress, and, and here's, here's one occasion. There's, there's many, but here's one. I remember that my wife and I were moving from one parsonage as youth pastors to another parsonage, and it was literally, I could throw a rock to the other house, but how many knows this, that it doesn't matter if you move 100 yards or if you move um, 500 miles, you're still moving boxes. You're still packing it up. And there's one thing I've learned in life, I do, not, I do not like to move. Who likes to move? It's all those boxes, you're sweating and, you know, all kinds of things that go wrong. And I remember unloading some boxes that we had loaded, and I picked up this box. And I thought, this box feels pretty heavy. I wonder what is inside of it. And I remember kind of walking thinking, I wonder if the bottom of this is taped. And I began to make my steps into the garage on a concrete floor. And suddenly, the bottom drops out. And on the ground, I hear crashing what appears to be my wife's grandmother's Haviland Fine China. I saw my life flash before me. Do you know what I'm talking about? I mean, just in a quick second, my whole life flashed in front of me. I'm thinking, what in the world am I going to do? And I, I, if I remember right, she wasn't there. Someone else was helping me, and they go, oh, no. Do you, do you know what it feels like to have a conversation with somebody to say, I, I'm so sorry, but your grandmother's dishes are broken. Now, that's something... That you may think, oh, that's no, it's just fine, China. To, to her, it was a very big deal. To me, it was a big deal. I mean, I felt the cold sweats come on me immediately, thinking, what am I going to do? Now, that's something small, but I'm telling you, we feel stress. We feel that, that, that stress and that pressure. And you know what? We go through this routine maybe every morning. If you're, if you're a mom, a single mom, a young mom, you have kids, you're, you're waking your kids up in the morning, you're going through the routine of life, 
and you wake up and you're thinking, man, we, I've got to do this again. I have to get the kids up and I, I have to go m make sure they use the bathroom and hopefully they didn't use the bathroom in the bed the night before because that's going to mean cleaning. And then you're going to have to go in and you're going to have to straighten up and make sure that they're all fixed and looking good and haven't worn their you know, underwear the third day in the row and stuff like that. You know what I'm talking about. And so you, you need to make sure that as you're walking throughout the house, everything is picked up. But you know the stress of that. Everybody can identify with something that you're going through or that you've been through that you have felt that enormous stress in your life. Well, I'm going to just throw out some facts for you, some stress facts and things that I have found. Did you know this? That 40% of women have hurled footwear at a man. Just throwing that out. Let that sink in just for a minute. Did you know that if you yelled eight years, seven months, and and in six days, you could produce enough sound energy to produce a cup of coffee. If you bang your head against a wall, did you know that you could burn about 150 calories an hour? Now, some of you need to type that in your phone right now, just so you know, so you can have this, and you can refer to it later if you need to. But sometimes there's, there's some stress. So if you look into it even more, you'll find this. Do you know what the... In this world that we live in, do you know the most stressed out nation on the planet? The good old U.S. of A. Did you know that the, the, the most stressed out city, just guess, Los Angeles. Do you know who the happiest, the least stressed people are on the planet? The retirees. Come on, everybody... I heard one amen, any more amens tonight. I can hear you. You're waving. They're like, yes, they are happy. They're doing well. Good for you. We're all, we're all trying to get there, right? According to an American Institute of Stress, stress is recognized as the number one proxy killer disease today. The Medical Association has noted that the stress was the basic cause of more than 60% of all human illness and disease. Every week, 95 million Americans... Americans suffer from, from some kind of stress disorder where they're, where they're taking medication just to get through. 95 million. Extreme events like a divorce, a job loss, a loss of a spouse or something. Did you know that that happens to reduce your gray matter in your brain that's tied to your emotions and physiological functions, which can lead later on to psychiatric problems? I don't know about you, but I am stressed out just reading this stuff. <laughs> so what does that tell us? People are overwhelmed. And listen to this. If you are really honest with yourself that you might even be able to say today, you're kind of stressed out as well. What do we do in those moments? Let me just offer you two quick things. Number one, give your troubles to Jesus. Just give them to Jesus. You say, that is so hard. You don't understand what I'm going through. I, here's what I understand. 1 Peter 5, 7. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. If you'll simply give it to him, you know what? That's going to come in just a little bit in the form of an altar where you can just cast your cares upon him. That means that you can do that at home. It doesn't matter where you're at. You can do that at any time. And then what, you, what happens with that, you can expect God's comfort in your life. 
Listen to 2 Corinthians 1. Praise be to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion, and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in our troubles, so that we can comfort those in trouble with the comfort we ourselves have received from God. That's what you do. You give it to Jesus, you expect his comfort. Number two, say with me, I believe. You're catching on. We are Complications will not discourage me. Complications will not discourage me. Look at verse 8. We are perplexed but not in despair. What does that mean? If we are perplexed, it simply means this, that we are at a loss. We don't know what to do. We don't know what to say. We don't know where to go. We don't know exactly how to act. But listen, the Word tells us exactly what to do. Sometimes in life, we look at our life and we see this. Man, things just didn't turn out like I expected. And I planned so well. Did you know that failed expectations are so disappointing that sometimes they knock us off center in life and we don't know kind of sometimes how to recover. And you know what? It's hard to recover sometimes. I mean, think about it. When you thought about being a parent and having kids and they're growing up and you're thinking, man, this is going to be the greatest thing in the world till they turned into those terrible twos. And then they became teenagers. That's where you just get a room, you put rubber walls on everything, you get a hole about this big and you just put food through it. Just a thought. Who knew that at 50 years of age that you would be kind of dusting off your suit and hitting the pavement again looking for work? But it happens. Who knew that you would get the phone call from the doctor's office saying, hey, I'm sorry to say this, but you tested positive for cancer. You're sick. There's nothing that we know to do or you're going to have to go through some process. I'm probably speaking to someone that is here tonight that even last night you woke up at 2.30 in the morning, eyes wide awake, figuring out, listen, how am I going to make it through another day? And you know that in four hours you're going to have to do this all over again and the routine of life, the stress, everything that's going on inside of your life, you're thinking, wow, what am I going to do? And the only light that you see is the light that comes from your clock in the middle of the night and you say, Lord, I don't know where you're at, but I need you right now. I love it. In, in Romans chapter 8, Paul says these words. He says this, In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes with us and for us with groans that words cannot express. Did you know that there are moments when the pressure is so great and we are so tired, we are so worn out, but guess what? We are confused, but you know what? The Lord says, listen, you don't have to live in confusion. I am not the author of the confusion and the stuff that you're going through. Listen, I know, I, I am who I am because of the power of Jesus Christ working on us and helping us and guiding us and showing us. All we have to do is give it to Jesus and expect his comfort. Number three, say, I believe. I believe conflict will not frighten me. Verse 9 says this, we are persecuted but not abandoned. Now as you look at this, the study says the word persecuted simply means we are hunted down or, or to drive away. When you look at that Greek word and it says that it means to pursue as a hunter pursues his game. Listen to 2 Corinthians chapter 7. It says, For when we came into Macedonia, this body of ours had no rest, but we were harassed at every turn, conflicts on the outside, fears within. There's something that Paul knew. 
about persecution from personal experience. You see, everywhere that Paul went, his Jewish opponents wanted to attack his character. They, they mocked his message. They were trying to stir up the opposition to everywhere he went. And inside the church, they would try to do the same thing. And they really never gave him a moment's rest. You see, the devil, he always fights us when the church is on the move. I love what Charles Spurgeon says. You know what? Satan never kicks a dead horse. But when things are on the move, when, 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 when the church is moving forward, that's when great things begin to happen. If you look in Acts, and you go to Acts chapter 2, you'll see that 3,000 people gave their life to the Lord. In Acts chapter 4, Satan came and had Peter, what, thrown into jail. When you go to chapter 5, you'll see that Ananias and Sapphira, what's going on there? There's lying and hypocrisy, and all these things are beginning to, to move and, and shake, and things aren't necessarily what we would say going well. And then in Acts chapter 6, you have the Hebraic Jews, the Grecian Jews. They can't get along because they don't know how to care for widows, and they're fighting amongst themselves. Acts chapter 8 and Acts chapter 12, Stephen is stoned, James was killed, and Peter was put into prison. Did you know that sometimes as believers that we will be persecuted, but Jesus even said this, listen, if they persecuted me, they're going to persecute you. So we, what do we learn? The early church was persecuted, we're persecuted even now, and that we will be persecuted in the future. But if you really look at it, you know what? We don't really walk through a lot of persecution even now, but there are people in this world who are walking through enormous, enormous persecution. Bob Jones Sr. was fond of saying this, the door of opportunity swings on the hinge of opposition. There's always an opportunity. When Satan is coming against us, the enemy is coming against us in all ways, what do we do? We have to look within to see the power of the gospel working inside of us. Number four, say this, I believe setbacks will not destroy me. We are struck down, but not destroyed. What does that mean? We are literally struck down. We are laying down to be cast down. I remember years ago, do you remember on Sunday nights, years ago, my dad was a pastor, been a, an Assemblies of God pastor, and I remember years ago that we would have Sunday night um, testimony service. You would go around with a mic, and you would hear the testimonies of what God is doing. And I remember this one person that would always raise her hand, and her name was, I'm going to say, Sister Adams. And Sister Adams would raise her hand and give her the mic. And I remember as a kid listening to this and, and hearing her, and her broken voice, she would talk about how difficult her work week was and how the devil almost got me. You remember those? The devil almost got me. And I would think in my young mind and think and say, man, was she fighting with the devil? Because she's one tough woman. If she's fighting with the devil and the devil almost got her, but she whooped her. I mean, what kind of woman is it? And I remember every time that the mic went to Sister Adams, the devil almost got me. And it almost made me remind me of this, is that she was almost down. But you know what? The enemy didn't win. Because she knew that the power of Jesus Christ was living on the inside of her. And the enemy never won. Because she would always say, the devil almost got me. 
You know what? Sometimes we feel like that. The devil almost got me. But it's because of the power of Jesus Christ living inside of us that we can make it in times of difficulty and that we can be helped. I love what J.B. Phillips says. He said he offers this memorable paraphrase. We may be knocked down, but we are never knocked out. Mike Tyson said this. He famously remarked, everyone has a plan until they get punched in the mouth. And if you live long enough, as you know, you're going to get punched in the mouth. And you don't know when it's going to come or how it's going to happen or if a friend's going to punch you in the mouth or what it may, whatever it may be. But at some point, you may get punched in the mouth. You see, the, that, that term, struck down, refers to that unforeseen circumstance that comes maybe in the middle of the night. It's that phone call that you receive that you never wanted to receive. It's that time in your life where you're like, there's a crisis situation and you know what? The catastrophic events of your life, they just begin to overwhelm you. And you know what? I've learned that's life. But what we do in response to that time in our life makes all the difference in the world. And as we close tonight, I want to give you just two quick things that's going to help you. Number one is this. If you feel like you're knocked down, do this. Remember, there is victory in and through Jesus Christ. There's always victory. There's always he who you can turn to. Look at 1 Corinthians 15, 57 and 58. But thanks be to God, he says, he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm and listen to these four words. This is what I like. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor is not in vain. You see, Paul's view of victory means, yes, I face trouble day and night. I'm under pressure and I get confused. People attack me, but sometimes I get knocked down in life. But that is when the power of Jesus Christ shows up in my life. You see, when I am weak, guess what? I am strong. Why am I strong? Because he is strong. And that's what we lean upon. We have victory through Jesus Christ. When you find yourself knocked down, here's something that simple that you can do. Just run to the cross. And when you run to the cross, guess what? You run to Jesus. Hebrews chapter 12 says this. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Fixing your eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of faith, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. You know what? When we understand, and we understand that he endured the cross, what did he endure? He was flogged 39 times just for you and I. They spit upon him. They put a crown of thorns upon his brow. They passed a staff around and began to beat him on the head. And I would even say, dear sir and dear man, that they took that staff and between soldiers, they passed it around from soldier to soldier. And each soldier, as they began to beat him, 
They were releasing the anger probably that they felt and the difficulties that they had been through, and they put it all on who? Jesus. They vented the anger. He was bruised and bleeding, and they took a cat of nine tails, and as they flogged him, you would know and you would see and understand that the flesh would literally rip from his body, but he endured the cross. Why? So that we could have life. Perhaps. Maybe the Lord is using your hardship, your difficulty, to draw you closer to who He is. Just maybe. You see, I have learned this. When when I am at my worst, God is at His best. You see, when I'm down, God is up. When I can't, He always can. I can always trust in Him. I can always believe in Him. I can always see that He is working even through the difficult times. When I look back, I understand. Listen, I was never walking alone. He was with me the whole time. Though I didn't understand, I know this. He is always faithful in the difficult times of life. And He is right with you, even right now. And His record proves it. Why? Why does it prove it? Because He fixes broken hearts. He fixes broken lives. He fixes broken hopes and dreams. And He fixes your life even tonight. And here's what I know. He can help you. He can help you. How do I know that? There's this one last powerful scripture in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20, that just says this. God is able to do immeasurably more than what we could even ask or imagine according, what is it according to? His power that is within and working within us. Remember, I'm just a vessel. But what is inside the vessel is the power and the gospel of Jesus Christ. So whatever stress you're going through, whatever complications that you may be, whatever you're confused about, whatever you're walking through in life today, guess what? It's the power of Jesus Christ that is working inside of you that will help you. Would you bow your head tonight? As you bow your head, I want to encourage you And if you're watching online, even right now, I want to encourage you watching online that you are not alone walking through life, through the difficult situations, through the trials, through whatever you're going through. Jesus is right there with you. And simply all we have to do is just call out to Him. If you do not know the Lord tonight, if you've never asked Him into your life, And you know beyond a shadow of a doubt, listen, I don't have the power of God in my life. You need to invite him into your life. You need to ask him to come in, reside in your life. And you too will have that power working inside of your life. You are here tonight and you could just simply say this. You know what? I want to invite Jesus into my life tonight. Would you just simply raise your hand? I'm going to have a quick prayer in just a moment. And you could say, yes, I want Jesus in my life tonight. All across, as I look to my left, to your right, I see the hand in the back. Thank you very much, sir, for raising your hand. Anybody else? I need Jesus in my life tonight. Thank you, I see that hand. Anyone else? I need Jesus. Anyone in the balcony? You don't want to miss one person. We'll take the time. One person. 
Thank you. I see that hand. Thank you. Would you stand with me tonight? And as you stand, I'm going to say a prayer. Some people call it the sinner's prayer. I like to call it the winner's prayer. Because you become a winner in Jesus Christ when you give your life to Him. Amen? And so I'm going to pray, and I want you to repeat after me. Dear Lord, Dear Lord I thank you for your love. Thank you for your love. I thank you for your goodness in my life. I ask right now that you would come into my life, that you would be the Lord of my life. Thank you for saving me and making me a believer. Help me to follow you every day of my life so that I may please you and be with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Listen, tonight as we began to talk and we talked about these crisis situations, I know this, that the Lord is so powerful, He begins to speak to us during these sermons. He begins to nudge us in times and areas of our life, and I just want to encourage you. We're going to have a few moments of prayer right down here at this altar. Pastor Randy and his team is going to just sing, and I encourage you. If you raised your hand tonight and said, hey, I want Jesus to come into my life, I want you to come down here. I want you to come down and pray. If you're going through a difficult situation and you know you just need to come to the altar, connect your faith with someone right down here and we want to pray with you. You see, I believe that this is one of the most important times of this whole service and here's what's happening even right now that sometimes we, we have fear about coming down, about stepping out. What I, I want to tell you this, that there have been people praying for you today that there have been people even right here that are ready for you. And this is a house full of love. That it's not going to be embarrassing. It's going to be the greatest thing. And you know what you're just saying? You're, not, you're just saying this, Lord, I just need your help. I, wanna, I just need to pray through the, what I'm going through. As they begin to sing, we're just going to sing. I want you to step out without any fear. Say, I just want to pray. I want to connect my faith with somebody else's. You come right now as they begin to sing. This is how I fight my battle. This is how I fight my battle. And this is how I fight my battle. Worship and praise. This is how I fight my battle. So it may look like. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. Cause this is how I fight my battle. This is how I fight my battles with worship and praise, Jesus. This is how I fight my battles. Oh, Jesus. This is how I fight my battles. Come on, can you lift up a hand and declare this? It may look like, come on. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. It 
may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you, by your faithfulness. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. Cause this is how I fight my battles. And this is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. And this is how I fight with worship and praise. This is how I fight my battles. 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 It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded. Come on, declare that church. It may look like it may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by your faithfulness, by your grace, by your mercy, by your love. It may look like say it may look like I'm surrounded. Amen. We serve a great God. Amen. Listen, I hope this is going to be the end of a great week, and we want to see you right back here on Sunday morning as Pastor delivers a powerful message on finding satisfaction. If you're watching online, thank you for tuning in and just watching. We know that we're going to go in God's grace and God's peace. Amen. Lord, we thank you that you're a great God. We thank you for this service tonight. We thank you for meeting us right here in this place, helping us through the difficult times of life knowing that your power is in us and that you're going to help us through each season of life. Thank you, Lord, for helping us, guiding us, and directing us. In Jesus' name, go in his grace and go in his peace. Have a good night.